Welcome to Music Matters Podcast with Daryl Craig Harris, talking about all things music with celebrities, artists, music business insiders and more. Alex from Sickard Hollow, how you doing? Great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. So you're on the road right now, right? I'm literally in the van. If you look out the window, we're in uh, <laughs> Wyoming. Actually, we literally just pulled into the state. We're at a little Mexican restaurant here. And uh, I don't even know the town, honestly, but first time in Wyoming. So awesome. Yeah, I've been there. I, I know how that is. <laughs> you you got to wake up. Right. Like, hey, hey, where are we? <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. So you can look and it goes on for a while. Yeah, it's not not many trees or nothing out here, but uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's a, bit, a really great part of the country. So, Sickard Hollow, you um, you guys have a really great, interesting sound. It's you, you kind of call yourself progressive jam bluegrass, I guess is would be yeah. kind of the term. Um, right. And I was checking out your your. Um, I know you have a new album coming out. You have a single that just got released. Um, mm-hmm. I really dig what you guys are doing. It's sort of like, would you say like Grateful Dead inspired, or what? What, what, what was some of your big inspirations? It it is, and I. You know, it's funny. I've been talking to people about that recently because we've been getting the uh, people have been saying, you know, I know you guys identify with the dead community, but uh, people don't hear it, hear that influence too much in our music. I mean, we Mm -hmm. jam, you know, I guess there's a factor of improvisation that you can parallel between the two. But like what I've been getting recently, which is funny and I love it, is people will be like, I don't want to offend you, but uh, it kind of sounds like you're influenced by punk. And I love punk, like punk grass, that term. Yeah, right. Because, um, yeah, I grew up on punk rock, metal. Um, I meandered my way through a lot of different genres before. I'm 27, so I found bluegrass, you know, five years ago. I didn't have any idea about it before five years ago. Yeah. Um, so the influence of the dead, like, yeah, we, you know, we all love the Grateful Dead. We're, we we identify with that scene. But I feel like the more of the the influences that you hear that bleed through would be from our, all of our early um, musical loves or musical heroes. And I think that's more on the rock and roll um, heavier side, which is funny that we all ended up in the string band, you know? Um, yeah. It's actually yeah. interesting because, because, you know, uh, bluegrass, like it's pretty rock and roll, <laughs> pretty heavy metal. I mean, right. the, the players are, there's so many killer players, right? Right. And I've been able to find that parallel since I've discovered it. And since we've started going down the rabbit hole with the string band stuff, um, kind of figuring out our, our own way to do it, which is just like the organic process of teaching yourself a genre. You know, we we didn't grow up in bluegrass picking circles and all that traditional and, and cut our teeth on that type of stuff. So it's been interesting going back and also taking the time to study the, the founding fathers of the genre and, and respect them, you know, but also that's not us, you know, that's not my, that wasn't my upbringing. So, you know, we're sprinkling in our, and naturally sprinkling in our own flavor. Just, I think it's just organically happening as we're creating music together. So yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how all those genres have progressed, right? If they just stayed in one right. one place, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be growing. And that, that's part of being an right. artist. You got to create challenges, break down boundaries. Um, tell me about you. Like, so when did you start playing? How did you get into music initially? I started. All right. So, yeah, I grew up in Alabama. My parents bought me a guitar when I was younger, um, just as like, you know, trying to get me into something. My dad didn't play. My mom didn't play. I'm not from a very um, uh, musically oriented family. Like, I mean, they love tunes. They love music. We've all, you know, always been always had the radio on and stuff like that. But um, 
you know, they got me a guitar. I took a couple lessons here and there and I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't have a passion for it. I don't think at that time in my life, um, I was ready to dive into that or I couldn't, you know, I didn't have that spark in me. I loved music though. I would get obsessed with bands, but like the guitar ended up being something I put on the back burner. I gave it up for a while. I got really into partying and had to get my, take a little bit of a, a sidetrack and get my, get my life together a little bit. And I rekindled a relationship with the, with the guitar when I was about 19 to maybe a little bit before I turned 20. And I mean, awesome. I literally could probably play like three chords at this time, four chords, you know, um, and slowly but surely started chipping away at it again and like really found this passion for it. But it didn't really, really spark again until I met the guys in the band, which the band's changed a little bit. The, the band that we're in right now, three of us are founding members. Our bass player um, has been in here, has been in the band for like two years, but when you're surrounded by people who are really good, which I consider all of them to be very good. And I found myself in Nashville around all these people that were blowing my mind on an instrument. Right. Like in front amazing. Of my face. Yes. Obviously I knew, I knew about all these amazing rock stars, but like these are random kids were smoking a joint on a porch and this guy's like shredding this electric guitar. Like I've never heard. So there's a couple different factors that played into like me really, really hitting the ground running with it. And I've in, you know, not be trying, not being cocky about it. Like I've improved quite a bit over the past five years. Like when we started, I wouldn't even take a guitar break during a song. You know, we had two guitars. Like I was so insecure about it. And right. um, with the help of these guys and, you know, put in a bunch of effort and practice your ass off and you can achieve whatever you want on an instrument. So um, it's been a very inspiring journey. Yeah, it's a band of brothers, right? You guys are all there supporting each other. It makes it sort of right. makes it's that thing. You have the individual parts, but then the, the sum of the parts actually becomes even this major, this really brighter star. Um, tell me about that. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So how, how did you guys originally meet? Did, was it pretty organic? Did you put out like a notice like, yeah. for members or? No, no, that's <laughs> funny, man, because I didn't even care for this to happen. Like I was I moved to Nashville. Cause, like I said, I had to get my wife together. I got into, you know, I just took it a little bit too far in certain areas of my life. And I had to t take a little time out and reset. And um, I was looking to integrate back into a community of people, not even find musicians, whatever. You know, my mom grew up in Brentwood, Tennessee. So mm -hmm. um, I moved from at the time I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a little bit. I found myself in Nashville going to school at Belmont, trying to just, you know, right. figure yeah. out what the hell I wanted to do. So I met our mandolin player and, uh, you know, he, dude, he would ask me to jam all the time. And I, I was playing electric guitar a little bit. He was playing guitar. He had never, he didn't never picked up a mandolin and I would just say no, no, no. Cause I was so insecure. I'd make up all these excuses. Cause I didn't even know what jamming with another person was going to be like, I'm like, what do we right. even do when we get together? You know, what do we, what do you want to do? You just do you jam? Stuff? So, um, <laughs> right. right, 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 right. And it's been such a cool, cause you know, and I understand that concept, but sit down with somebody and you know, it can be a very, you got to get vulnerable at that point. It can be, I would get embarrassed cause I wouldn't know how to contribute. So I met Will and, you know, finally we got to jamming, but it wasn't like a band thing. And uh, what really, I think, um, was the kicker for like us starting something was our fiddle player, Matt is quite incredible at what he right. does. And he's Great been for, for a long time. Yeah. He's a shredder, you know, his way he plays is beautiful. He started playing fiddle or violin when he was four, you know, or five years old. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like, it's a language to him at this point. And like, um, I had met him at jam band shows, you know, and he would just 
uh, being honest, he would just be bopping around the crowd looking so happy. And I didn't even know who he was. And we'd pass by and he would hug me. And that happened like four times. And I'm like, what's your name, little dude? Like, what do like, you do? You know? <laughs> right, straight up. Because, you know, and, uh, and it was so funny how it all formed. So one, you know, I was like, hey, well, me and Will are going to be hanging out. Like, why don't you come over and bring your fiddle and, you know, let's throw some shit at the wall and just see what happens. And he right. comes over. You know, what do you want to play? What do you want to play? I start playing Friend of the Devil. And next thing you know, me and Will just look at each other like, whoa, dude. So from then on out, yeah, we formed and then it was been all just so, so organic. I don't think it ever would have happened if it would, if we would have tried to force any aspect of, of this group. Yeah. Sometimes it's a universe, uh, you know, conspiring to put you together, right? <laughs> I believe that with, with my whole heart with this, because it literally changed the fabric of my existence. Like it changed, yeah. everything changed in a second. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to actually have something to sink my teeth into that I feel passionate about that gets me up in the morning and keeps me up at night. Cause I, there's so much work left to do and it's exciting to me. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. And you're, you're out there doing it yeah. you're on the road. I know you guys have been touring. So you, um, what was yeah. the name of your, your, your first album? What was the name of that album? Uh, first album is called secret of the breeze, which that one means a lot to me, honestly, cause it's like, um, secret of the breeze, the song in itself um, was like the second one I wrote for the band, maybe like the fourth song I'd ever finished or considered finished in my life. Because when we started, man, it was like, all right, we need original material. So for some reason, I, I just started channeling something and I didn't even know what the hell I was writing about. So um, that album, that album will always hold a special place in my heart. I believe it's a, a great representation of where we were at at the beginning. And um, uh, I don't know. And it still represents us. But yeah, it's a special, special album. Yeah, it's interesting when you're writing um, because, like, sometimes you get gifts from the universe. I hate to bring up the universe, but it's true. Like, there's a stream, no, of, a stream of creativity, I agree. and all of a sudden, you kind of tap into that. It's like, oh, wow, where did that come it, from? It blew my mind the first time I felt that because, like, these songs, like, some of these songs, I eat my own words all the time. Like, I won't even know what the hell I'm writing about. Um, there's a song I had. It's not on. It's not on that record, but it's called "To Be Free." And like. I wrote it like second verse. I wrote first. I didn't know it was the second verse. Then the first verse came and then I figured out what the song was about. Then I could tie it in with the last verse. And like that whole process when I finished it and I'm like, holy shit. Like I didn't even, you know, I, I, there's a message in here that I didn't even know. Like I didn't even <laughs> right. know, like, how to write that. But like, it's those go, I call them golden hour of thought. Like it used to be in the middle of the night for me, like 3 a.m. or something. I'd be up and like yep. all of a sudden that wheel would churn. And when that wheel starts churning, take out your damn notebook, whatever it is, and write that shit down and do whatever yeah. you got to do to that's grab the, it that's and hold Keith, it. Because right. Keith Richards story, he always keeps a notepad by his bed. <laughs> he wakes up with a little Right, <laughs> dude, because the thoughts are so fleeting, man. Like I'm a runner, like I run a lot and I'll be like on a long run and, um, I'll have these, the song going through my head, not all the time, you know, but I'll stop the run and pull my phone, you know, take my phone out and jot down on my notes just so like, in case something comes from it, my notes and my phone are just like hundreds of random ideas. And like my yeah. mind works, it's kind of like a, it can, it's like compartments and I'll have one thing and I'll be like, Oh shit. I wrote this like little paragraph like two years ago that actually like, I think could be, could fit that and yeah, then like, starts resonating with you right. together it's crazy man yeah I'll, I'll finish songs i started writing like four years ago that i had just forgot about so um it's so interesting that whole process 
so you have your sophomore album coming out, which would be the second album, um, Brightest of Days. That's coming out on in uh, November, right? November 11th, I think? No, November 11th is the date. Yeah, we are very, very excited to get that out to people. Yeah, and then you have a single out that just that literally just got released, Forecast of Life. Tell me about that song. Um, so Forecast of Life, um, actually, so we just released a tune called Face the Wreckage. Forecast of Life is going to come out too. I don't think it's out quite yet, but I, ah, okay. I will speak on both of those. And it's all good because um, that, yeah, that I think is Forecast, out forecast of Life comes out on the 21st, I think. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, it does come out. But you're right. You're right. Yeah. Forecast of Life, man. I, I, I'll talk about that one, honestly. That's a cool tune. Um, so the, the overall premise of the tune is um, – letting go of things out of your control because ultimately like you you have no control over it. So there's no point in worrying about it. You know, you let go and let it happen in those types of situations. My sister, Emma, she's like one of my best, just my best friend. I love that girl to death. She lives in Colorado. She went to a widespread panic concert and it rained. It was at Red Rocks and it poured down rain. She had yeah. some buddies come up and um, she said when it rained, she was like, they, she was saying like they faced away from the stage and huddled up. And she was like, dude, I was raging. I took my rain jacket off and I was dancing my ass off. Yeah. I was going to say, cause that, that crowd go, probably, can't. that crowd probably wouldn't care that. It was <laughs> no, that's my yeah, thing. And they I'm like, love you guys it, yeah. traveled all the way out there. Like <laughs> embrace the rain. That's widespread panic raging for you. Like dance right. your ass off, get into it. And, uh, I said the line on the phone. I'm like, well, you know, you can't change the weather, but you can dance in the rain. And she was like, dude, write a song about that. So immediately I started writing. So that's kind of an ode to my sister and to just like not taking things so seriously and like, shit, it's raining. You're at this concert. Like you're going to get wet regardless. Like you might as well enjoy it, you know? So I yeah. love it. It's got a good, it's got a good positive, um, a positive message to it. It's uh, it's been really well received when we play it live too. So I, I have a, I have a lot of fun playing that one. Awesome. Where can people find your, uh, your music? Okay, yeah, it's on most streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. There's a good bit of stuff there. Um, you can keep up stuff on Facebook. We have a like um, a fan page on Facebook. We can find Sickard Holoband on Facebook, but um, our fan page is Sickard Fam, and like that, you'll find a ton of like random videos of people at shows. You know, um, awesome. those are the main places you find the music. Now we used to have a SoundCloud with some early stuff. If people do care to hear us, like at our very beginning there's some yeah. there's some cool stuff on there but like as of recent music mainly like your mainstreaming platforms yeah and it's i mean it's kind of cool it's cool and, and and challenging at the same time but like there's it's the, the social media thing has really democratized music like it gives people access to a lot of stuff that they may not have ever heard before right it's beautiful and it's also crazy like we i kind of call it playing the game like it's incredible coming from Nashville and seeing how many people who are f insane freaks at what they do, amazing musicians, and they're playing in Nashville and they never might never leave Nashville. And then right. you go out on the road and you see the band headlining the theater where the opener's better than them and somehow they have more clout or more pull and can get people in the venue. Like you marketing yourself is so important and it's all it's like it's it's beautiful who how many people you can reach and affect. So like um, getting that getting a groove of that platform and and finding out the ways to get your posts in front of people now is the hardest thing about it because you know 
the algorithm chews and spits up things and right. you never know it's hard to determine how to get it how to get it in people's algorithms so it's a blessing and a curse you know we're yeah it's it's another jo- it's another job in itself but it is a beautiful thing that you know you we do have this amazing platform a couple different amazing platforms to um you know spread our message and spread our tunes so we're we're trying to figure that out but i think we've been getting better about it yeah, it's. I mean, your, your content's great, and 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 I think we're all trying to figure that out. <laughs> even even with, with what yeah. I do too. I mean, I'm, I'm a musician right. and a podcast. Like, I I totally hear you and all that. What what's uh what's some advice that you would give to young musicians that want to put together a band, songwriting, touring? Like, what's some of the biggest lessons you've learned? It's scary as hell. I didn't want to. It wasn't my. It is my dream, and it, and at the time, I didn't really know that. But like, don't give up on it. Like, I couldn't. And I would say practice with intention and purpose. Like it's, it's amazing. People tell me all the time, like, how, what are you doing to practice and stuff? And like, I just put in a lot of, a lot and a lot of time hours. I mean, some days, you know, I'm playing eight to 10 hours in my room till my never fingers have never been bleeding, but then, you know, that saying, like I've come damn close to it. Don't give up though. If you believe in something, then in your heart's in it then you're going to be down to work 150% every day until you get to the level that you want, whether that's putting food on the table, paying your bills or being on the, you know, the late night show and selling out the arenas. I think everything will come in time if your heart's in it and you're working your ass off. Yeah. And I 100% agree with you. Yeah. It's focus, 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 right? (laughs) It's a hard thing to do, but if you can tap into that part of yourself, like you can do whatever the hell you want to do. Exactly. I, I 100% agree. Hey, everybody, check out Sickard Hollow. Um, new release is coming up. Check them out on social media. Um, yep. give, me, give me all the names of the band since, and since we're on that. <laughs> I all, the, all, the, all the members? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're right inside. Um, Will Heron plays mandolin. Matthew Rennick plays fiddle. And Parrish Gabriel plays upright and now electric. Actually, we've been really featuring him on the electric bass, and he's a monster electric player so awesome. it's opened up a whole new realm for jam so and uh my name is alex king my guitar and vocals um and yeah songwriter will writes all the uh, a decent bit of the tunes too so awesome. that's the gang four of us yeah i always like to include everybody i know you get you get nominated oh, 100%. to be the, no, you get nominated to be the yeah, front guy. <laughs> no we are a, we are a unit i am not shit without them and vice versa you know it takes four to awesome. tango in our case so Awesome. Hey, well, Alex, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Uh, go eat some awesome Likewise. Mexican food in Wyoming. <laughs> have, have fun yeah, on your tour. It's an interesting spot. They have very weird dishes here. A lot of them incorporate like hamburger meat and French fries to like a Mexican plate. So it's it's something <laughs> that I and I'm a vegetarian too. So like oh. I asked the woman, I go, "Do you have any vegetarian dishes?" She goes, and "Gives French me this fries. weird look." <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. So we're gonna go see what's at the table for me. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you, man. Awesome, man. Have a great day. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, you take care, brother. Cool, bye. Thanks for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements.